Hello and welcome back to the I Don't Have It Figured Out podcast. My name is Richard Thomas and I don't have it figured out. So this episode is all about self-care. I am not an expert. I'm still learning. However, uh, after getting a degree in social work, this topic was definitely something discussed a lot, literally in every class. And I also took a class completely on self-care from Liberty University. So there is a lot I have learned in the past few years, and I'm still learning, but I am very excited to share this topic with you all. So I do hope you all stick around and hang out. Episode 6, Self-Care. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. So, what is self-care? So, self-care refers to practices individually initiated to take care of our minds, our body, and spirit. So, in other words, activities that you can do yourself to maintain a healthy relationship with yourself while keeping all other aspects of yourself in check to help prevent problems or to help heal, um, all with the purpose of health and well-being across all the different levels of yourself. Um, so in social work, the main driving factor behind teaching self-care is to pre- prevent burnout um, because it's very hard to keep other to help others if you are not first taking care of yourself. And since social work is a uh, you know, a service and help-based profession, the burnout rate is actually quite high. However, I think that even if you are not in a job like social work, um, I think that prioritizing your own health and self-care is actually extremely important. You can actually get really deep with this topic, but I'll try and just highlight the areas that I find the most helpful, things that really helped to get me a little bit more serious about my own self-care, Um, So something I learned from reading a book called Burnout and Self-Care and Social Work by Sarah K. Smullins is that in our lives, we pick up unhealthy, harmful patterns of behavior and attitudes. And these come from our pasts, which can consist of pain, loss, rejection, and unfortunate decisions. So part of self-care is working at not letting these things take away from what we enjoy or what we have, like, you know, worked hard for. So as you know, from listening to this podcast, anxiety is something that I have struggled with for most of my life. Kind of with that, I tend to worry and overthink a lot of things, which leads to other struggles. And all of these things listed and what's not can weave and creep its way into so many aspects of my life and you know depending on what uh you know the list of things that you all struggle with i'm I'm sure it can weave its way into your life as well um and everyone like i said everyone's list of struggles is going to be different because we're all coming from different pasts which you know we're all so we're all dealing with our own pain and our own loss um So the things on our list, as I was saying, can work their way into our daily life, our work, our personal relationships, and our health. And part of self-care's role is to help identify when these things are harming, hindering, or depleting those things or just generally making it hard to enjoy or get fulfillment from life. No matter what your situation Uh, implementing self-care is important. 
So let's get into it a little bit more. There are three areas in which we can incorporate self-care. There are there there's personal self-care, social self-care, and physical self-care. And when in, within those there are their own subcategories. So to start off with, we have personal self-care. And so that could look like, you know, getting therapy or seeing a counselor, which you know I, you know, recommend to everyone. Um, as something to consider. It could also be engaging in activities that bring you peace, like hiking or even watching a show or movie you like or reading a book. It could be a whole host of spiritual activities that could align with the things that you believe, which you know can go hand in hand with practicing um, journaling or uh, creative writing or, you know, uh, gratitude practices. I know some people like in middle school, I learned about uh, a gratitude journal, but there are so many different ways to practice gratitude that can be very, very helpful um, to your own self-care. Um, and there's there's a whole host of other types of creative reflection. And, you know, I think one of the most important things that we can do for our personal self-care is practicing mindfulness. And mindfulness is the practice of being aware of your feelings and emotions and the effects that they are having on you physically and mentally. And then using that awareness to acknowledge to acknowledge these feelings and find find calm within that. So this is something that I learned in class and also in counseling. Uh, I also did research on this topic uh, for my internship last year. And I, what I found was that studies have shown that teaching... So to kind of explain, I was working at a middle school and elementary school. It was kind of a hybrid of the two. And it was a public... It was, it was a public school and I was working with the school social worker there and one of my tasks as an intern was to research some ways that we could better support our students and because of the COVID climate I some things that were bouncing around in my mind was I was the mental health of the kids and you know trying to make sure that you know they're understanding what's going on and are able to you know express themselves and, you know, let teachers know if, you know, something, you know, is causing them to not be able to focus on school or if they're having trouble at home. And like, I, I think that the key to be able to do all of that is, you know, making sure that, you know, your mental health is in a good standing. And so I was doing some research on how we could help improve like the mental health of the students during, you know, this time. And one of the things that I found was mindfulness. And, you know, it's not something that was new to me, but it was something that, you know, we had talked about a, a lot in social work classes and something that I had uh, heard a little bit about. And so what my research found was that studies showed that um, teaching kids and teens to learn how to be aware of their feelings and emotions 
and how they affect them has helped them express themselves better, um, interact with their peers, teachers, and families better. And it also showed that it improved behaviors. It helped students with test anxiety, and uh, it gave these kids practical ways to deal with, you know, their stress and their anxiety and, you know, difficult situations. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of really good benefits. And so, and then I also, you know, learned more about mindfulness, you know, in my own personal counseling. And so I think one thing that I need to say is like, depending on your background, you may solely connect mindfulness and some of the things surrounding it to just meditation and whatever feelings you associate with that. But hear me out. Mindfulness is a very specific approach. So many people, myself included, when faced with anxiety and other types of attacks or just general day-to-day mental struggles that affect multiple aspects of our life, we have no idea where these feelings are coming from, especially in the moment. And we don't understand why they're affecting us the ways that they are. And so mindfulness helps uh, identify these feelings and emotions that we may be suppressing and avoiding so that we can work through them by acknowledging them. It also uses the calming factors of regulated breathing and physical awareness to bring on calm to these, you know, rising levels in the mind and body. Um, If you want to know more, I would suggest doing your own research or seeking professional consultation, which, you know, I'm not a professional at all. But, you know, I'm still learning and I definitely think that mindfulness is something that is so important. And you know, something that I personally do is I do mindfulness check-ins. And if I am, you know, feeling a certain type of way or I'm unsure why I'm feeling, you know, anxious or depressed or any other sort of emotion, you know, I I I check in with myself, you know, I, I, I find a I find somewhere where I can I can be quiet and, you know, be alone and I ask myself a few questions. I ask myself, you know, what emotions I'm feeling, you know, what 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 I'm feeling physically, um, how those emotions may be making me feel and you know, by checking in, you know, it's not going to these emotions aren't going to surprise me later when, you know, my, you know, my level of anxiety or pressure builds up to a point where I explode. But by checking in, I'm acknowledging, okay, these are the feelings I'm having. All right. And how is that affecting me? Like, is it affecting, is, is that the reason why I'm feeling this way? And by doing that, you know, I'm working through it. I'm thinking about it. I'm processing it, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to find ways to acknowledge my feelings so that I can best move forward with my day. And like I said, I'm not a professional in this. There, you know, you can get better advice and better understanding by doing your own research or, you know, getting counseling or something like that. But it's just something that has worked for me and has helped me be able to pinpoint things that I've been, you know, emotions and feelings that I've been suppressing Um, and, you know, coming coming to terms and, you know, giving them the space, you know, for me to be able to understand them better. Okay. 
<laughs> Basically, I think mindfulness is really important. So the next area of self-care is social self-care. And that means that, that, that that's taking in account both family and friend relationships. So what is important to remember here is that support and understanding of your movements forward and your, you know, your upward aim is that any relationship that puts negative or depleting energy towards your growth and desire to move forward is as, you know, the kids are saying these days, toxic. (laughs) So uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson uh, describes that and explains this in a really eloquent way. He says that, and this isn't a direct direct quote, but it's it's, it's me paraphrasing um, what he was saying about this. So he says that, think about working on yourself like cleaning your room in a chaotic household. And I think this could be used as an example for either relationships of friend or family. Anyway, so think about, you know, working on yourself like cleaning your room. So one response to you cleaning your room in a, you know, a chaotic or uh, messy household could be, you know, them, those in the household getting, you know, ticked off at you and questioning why or feeling like you think you're better than them, you know, etc. And, you know, this response is due to the simple fact that they themselves are choosing not to work on themselves and your work on yourself poses a threat to their own complacency. Um, And so this is where a respectful level of distance is needed in order to prioritize your own growth. And so another response could be, you know, there could be misunderstanding at first, like if all of a sudden, you know, you've had years of, you know, your room not being clean, you know, as as a metaphor of, you know, maybe not working on yourself. And so there could be maybe a misunderstanding at first. But whenever we do make that decision to work on ourselves, we create a ripple effect that some people can pick up on. And in turn, you know, they will start working on themselves as well. And that ripple effect grows and, you know, ends up creating a community, a family or friend group of people supporting and motivating each other forward. And that's, what is healthy and best for our self-care and everyone else. Supportive relationships that help everyone, everyone's upward climb versus negative ones that drag everyone down to an unhealthy level because, you know, someone in the family or one of your friends doesn't want to allow others to do the work on themselves that they themselves don't want to do. Uh, And I don't necessarily have an answer to the best way to deal with these negative versions of this situation. I I do believe that at times it is needed to create a healthy amount of distance, you know, temporarily or permanent. um, In, you know, any negative leaning relationship in order to create a space for your own growth, you know, to be nourished. Because in the end, that is what is morally right for any relationship. Right. By putting work on ourselves first, we can in turn help support and inspire others if and when they decide to do as well. So basically, you know, be aware of the environment in your relationships. Give time. I want to stress that enough. Give give time and thoughtful reflection before any decision 
always prioritizing your own growth. And the third area is physical self-care. So Patrick and I, uh, in, in episode five, uh, you know, we, we, we covered this a bit. Uh, it's kind of near the, 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 the second half of the podcast. So if you, excuse me, if you haven't, please listen to that episode, uh, and listen to us talk about how the gym was such a help to, you know, our mental and physical help. But I will briefly, you know, talk a little bit about it, about it here. Uh, so physical activity is so important for us. It pulls so much of what we have talked about together. It is a, it's a great, it's, it's really great for every aspect of our health. And it's not just the gym or out there, outdoor activity. Um, it's eating proper meals, it's sleep and hygiene and so many more. So you can practice mindfulness while doing physical activity by, you know, monitoring your breathing and paying attention to your muscles and your movement and whatever else is having an effect on you during that activity. Uh, you can add music or podcasts to your activity to add that, you know, personal self-care, that own, you, that extra level of enjoyment. Uh, you can do whatever activity with your friends or your family. So you can add a social aspect in there. And so it literally touches every area of self-care that we've talked about. And, you know, yeah, I, I really can't say enough <laughs> about uh, physical activity as a form of self-care. I mean, there's just so much that you can say, and I'm definitely not an expert in any, any of them, but, you know, I, I would encourage you to listen to the last podcast and, you know, hear about how, you know, the gym has had really a big effect on both Patrick and I. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so important. Uh, just, Doing anything that gets you moving can be just really good for your self-care. And it, it needs to be something that you enjoy. It's not, it doesn't need to be something that, you know, you absolutely hate, um, you know, and then it's hard for you to do. But, you know, so that's why, you know, it can literally be any activity that, you know, gets you, gets you, gets you moving, gets, gets the blood flowing. So how can we apply and implement self-care into our lives? I think that the first step is acknowledging its importance and impri and so I think so yeah we need to acknowledge its importance and understand that prioritizing it puts us in a healthy position to help others. And so like I don't want like I think some people may feel like it sounds selfish that, you know, you need to put your self-care first, but it's really impossible to healthily help others if you're not taking care of yourself. Like, if you're not in a healthy position to help other people, it you you end up really not being able to help other people. So that's why I think understanding its importance and understanding why prioritizing it is imperative in order to help others um, is a great way to just get into that mindset. And so the next step 
is a skill or method that I learned through social work uh, you know, when we were learning about how to help clients set goals. And that method is the acronym, you may have heard of it, SMART. And so that stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and Time-Based. And so the best way to imp implement SMART with self-care and, and, and creating goal and creating goals is to make sure that your goals for self-care meet these meet these these eat meets each acronym letter <laughs> meets each letter in the acronym SMART. And so, with SMART goals for each area of self-care, um, it needs to be specific. It can't be vague. Uh, you should be able to measure it or track it. Um, it shouldn't be something like really far-fetched that you can't do it. Um, if you need to, you know, start really simple. Do, I mean, trust me, my, my, my goals are really simple right now. Um, you know, because, I mean, it, honestly, it's just whatever gets you started. So, And then it needs to be attainable or achievable goal that you can work towards. And then hand-in-hand hand with that, it needs to be, you know, realistic and in line with what your needs are you know that are unique to you and then it needs to be time-based meaning that you should you know set check-in times to you know assess your process to keep yourself accountable so that basically you know so that's that's that that's the, that's roughly what smart stands for uh, the goal needs to be specific measurable achievable realistic and time-based uh, so I adjusted uh, my smart self-care plan um, that I made for myself while I was in college and now I have a bunch of sticky notes that are always that are always where I can see them that highlight the things that I need to do daily to nourish each area of self-care with you know specific times that I do them you know and as we know um, I'm still learning, you know, and I'm not perfect. So each week I have to reassess, you know, what worked, you know, what, what I forgot to do and, you know, and then try to be better next week. So kind of wrapping things up now, um, self-care, I can't say this enough, is so important for a healthy and a healthy and helpful existence. And I hope everyone takes the time to assess what they are or could be doing to better take care of themselves so we can keep growing healthier. And along with growing healthier is having healthier relationships, friendships, and stronger families through prioritized self-care because that's how that's going to happen. If we want better, stronger, and healthier connections with others, we have to prioritize our self-care. You already know what to do. Get her going! There y'all have it. So apologies about the skipped week and everything. Um, you know, there are things going on. Uh, this next podcast, I don't know... There are a couple of directions that I could go, but either way, I am really excited, so please stay tuned. 
if you are not following the podcast on Instagram, then what are you doing? <laughs> Get her going. Head on over to Instagram and follow. I don't have it figured out. No spaces. There's all kinds of content over there, and there is more on the way. So feel free to DM me ideas and topics you would like to hear. Or if you would like to just have a conversation with me on the podcast, I'm open to it. We could talk about literally anything. Uh, just go crazy over there. Share it with your friends. Let's you know build a community dedicated to growth, learning, and forward movement. As always, take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.